1: Welcome to this week's episode of the attacking scrum podcast, the final episode of the regular season, uh, and with there being no involvement of any of the Welsh sides in any playoffs, uh, consolation trophies, anything like that, uh, me and the mighty Murph are going to have a few weeks off after this as well, aren't we, Murph? Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: not together. <laughs> yeah. well, that would be all right. We nip off, nip off on a little, uh, a, a little. Two week jaunt to Tenerife or, or just
0: meet over the pub every Sunday for an <laughs> hour and a half. Um, yeah, longest season ever. Oh, yeah, I really do does feel like yeah. that, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, I um, I was trying to think actually on um, this afternoon, thinking back to the, the kind of six years that we've done this, there's been something each season to kind of get excited by. Like, even the first season when Wales were rubbish, the Scarlets won the league. And then they had that they had the European Cup run the following year. Um, then 2019, Wales won the Grand Slam. The following season, uh, we had the World Cup at the start of it. Um, I, I suppose the, the COVID season, everything just kind of blurs into one after that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think we were just glad to get rugby back. It's hard to think of one that's been quite as almost joyless as this season.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, on on all levels, you know, uh, internationally and uh, domestic. Um, arguably, um, one of our regions getting absolutely stuffed by an Italian side could be an all-time low for Welsh rugby, you know. Can't, aside from the one they always trot out, which is uh, South Africa 96, Wales 13. Yeah. it 's job to think of anything lower. Oh, I suppose getting knocked out of a World Cup. By Fiji and yeah. knocked out by a World Cup by Samoa. But um, in the last twenty years, um, I can't think of anything. Schite, getting beat by Italy this season wasn't great, mm. but getting not quite seventy points per on you by a, an Italian side. Um, I mean, 10, 10 tries yeah.
1: to an Italian side. Uh, I mean, that's and the thing is, you know, you say AWO side, it wasn't the Dragons. Um, no. you know, like, no. I I kind of could have believed it at some point if it was the dragons, but yeah, I mean, for Cardiff, that's, it's, you know, it's kind of unforgivable really. And it, it seems only fitting that this kind of, uh, pretty miserable season has been brought to an end by four defeats for all four sides this weekend. Um, yeah. Although, so although we will, the, we will be
0: looking you know, to there it. was, there was more effort, uh, more, more spirit in some of the other games and, um, Just briefly on um, going back to Cardiff is I remember when they were supposedly their last ever games at the last ever game at the Arms Park when they were moving to Cardiff City Stadium. I don't know how long ago that was. It must be easily 10 years ago. 08,
1: 09. Longer than that. Um, They got
0: beat by Edinburgh at home in their last ever game on the Arms Park when Edinburgh was shite at the time. They weren't hmm. a patch on what they are now. And that felt like like a bit of a a omen or bad omen. Uh, but, that, you know, that looks tame in comparison to uh, what happened on Friday.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And we will be looking back at all four of those fixtures. Uh, we're also going to be having a look at the uh, our kind of reaction to the Welsh squad announcement that came out this week. Uh, safe to say, I mean, to be fair, when we picked our squad last week, we did say, as always, it was our squad rather than what we thought PIVAX would be. Mm. Because there is literally no way you could ever predict his squads. No. Um, I mean, he only, he's only taking 33 men as well. So, yeah. we're, yeah, we're going to get stuck, stuck right into this, Murph. Um, what, were your, what were your initial thoughts when you
0: saw that side? Um, well, initially, yeah, lots of players that we thought would go. Uh, haven't gone, but, that, you know, part of that is um, just because we were, I think we were working on 38, weren't we? Were we working on 38? 30, 37, oh, I think right. we were, but Yeah, Steph Steph uh, there. Yeah, yeah, Um I mean, they've left themselves aside from you know the um publicity around people who are missing they've left themselves really close to the bone in the back three you know there's one recognized fullback um so any you know any um any minor you know don't have to be big injuries if someone picks up a slight pull in the warm-up you know we're down to we're down to the bare minimum in the back three straight away so uh yeah, it, uh, I think someone said that they're trying to W I U trying to cut travel costs, so they only allowed to take a was that you probably was it. Yeah. That was that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, taking a Bear thirty three for three. I mean, the, the attritional, you know, we're going to get stuffed. But just the nature of playing rugby down there as well means it's going to they're going to pick up entries, whatever way you would cook it. And if they haven't got cover, decent cover, um, you'll be back to the situation where. Last autumn, he picked a load of injured players. And within one game, he's having to bring in extras straight away. So I can see, hard to see where, it's hard to imagine it won't have to fly people out if he's only taken a B33.
1: Well, that's it as well. You know, it's bad enough doing it in the autumn series. But even then, at least it's a player only has to drive down the M4 from Swansea to the Vale of Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, whereas now, you, you know, you've got to f- fly halfway across the world to South Africa. It's just... You're going to get injuries. That's why you take us. That's why you take a squad. You know, and if Tom Rogers has to hold tackle bags all, uh, all tour, then then so be yes. it. But yeah, you're right. It makes no sense, particularly in the back three. Um, very, very strange uh, selections. We'll have a look at that squad and on the injuries front as well. There's already a, uh, already a concern around Reese Patchell, which you know we didn't. You know we didn't even really consider him for our squad, did we? And. No. Um, you and I are both massive fans of mm. his, but because of his injury record and the fact he's played no rugby, I kind of thought, well, he's not really in contention. And lo and behold, Pivak names him, and you know he's he's uh, he's not even got on the plane yet and uh, has got a hamstring concern. Yeah,
0: and, and 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 you know, let's be honest, for a lot of players around um, Wales and even over the border, uh, unless unless they can put. Two months together on the pitch. Where is the point in, you know, I know why, because he's really bloody good, like, you know, mm. but where is the point in risking him? Because I, even if he hadn't pulled up uh, yesterday, I wouldn't fancy him to finish at all.
1: No, you wouldn't. And unless
0: he was like a. Uh, third choice essentially, which I thought is what he would be, but unless he's getting limited minutes, I wouldn't fancy him to finish his three games tour. Um, so some some players, uh, the good examples, you know, over, over the border with uh, Tuolagi and what have you, they're so rarely fully fit. Uh, is there any point? Uh, Tuilagi is an exception because he's England's best, back by some distance, but uh, Patras probably not. But you, you know, over there, are we talking three years now? For full three years since Patchell has put a run of games together, you know, um, so durability is a massive part of uh, well, uh, regional and especially international rugby, and he um, just he just can't stay injury free. So, arguably, I mean, if it's a proper inju- uh, proper hamstring, it probably doesn't go. Therefore, they should just move on to the next. We we picked Cabot rank, know, we yeah we picked Costolo, didn't we? So um, it looks like we might <laughs> it looks like we might get our way or Steph's way.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's try and you know as as I've been trying to do this season, Murph, put a positive spin on things where uh, wherever possible. You're trying. Um, yeah, I know. I, I think it was. I think it was just for novelty factor. I was trying to do that. Uh, having a look. At, just actually, just before we get on to optimistic. Um, Another one I found quite strange, and again, it's not because I'm not a fan of him. Love Dan Lidiot and you know, and everything he's done for Wales over the years. But I th- you know, I think he's played four games this season, including the one at the weekend. Mm. So by the time the squad was named, you know, he played in three or four games all season. Mm. And again, that's got to be a concern. I, you know, I, I, I get why you would go for Dan Lidiot, because he's he's physical, he, he's abrasive, and he's big. And that, and that is what we need in the back row. But yeah. it, again, it feels, like, it feels like a risk, especially in a 33-man squad.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about um, some bulk in the back row last week, didn't we? Um, but I didn't expect him to go for a 34-year-old uh, who hasn't played much this year. But, um, you know, I, I suppose a lot of the reason why, um, obviously, the absence of uh, Moriarty and Wainwright that we've discussed, but a lot of the reason why they're turning to Wayne Pivak has turned into a guy that age is people like uh, Shane Lewis Hughes haven't kicked on and some of the other lumpy up and coming uh, back row forwards around the regions just haven't um, sustained their uh, form. So, I mean, I, we, we wouldn't, I, we didn't even discuss him, did we? No.
1: Um,
0: well, uh, who do we want instead? Well, we, we, we would have had... Uh, two number eights and I can't remember who we were thinking of on the blind side now, but it, it was, okay. it was, you know, size was an issue on that. So I can see why he's gone. Yeah. I'm
1: consult- consulting my notes from last week. Oh, done. I, uh, I think we went in the end for Navidi, Morgan, Ratty, Toby, Tommy Raffle and, uh, and Jim Botham.
0: All oh, right. So Jim Botham was overlooked and yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I, uh, you know, um, it, it, there are some, and you, you know, Jack Morgan is the most high profile, I suppose, admission uh, of the uh, tour, But um, and there are some uh, issues around who he's picked and what have you, but the main thing at the moment is not is not who is selected, Is can they play together, or can Wayne get them to play together, because he hasn't done this year, aside from say, one half against England uh, on other flashes of it throughout the Six Nations. Um, Generally speaking, there's no sign of any cohesion or shape in the side, so really, you know, quibbling over selection at the moment is a little bit... um, Well, obviously, if you pick the wrong players, then it's going to be even harder to get them to play together, but... um, there's no reason why Dan Liddick can't play with the other players in the back row. So just generally, the whole the whole side needs to look like they know what their intentions are when they go out on the pitch. And obviously, South Africa away is not a good place to try and do that. But uh, that's what's in front of them. So,
1: Yeah, no, that is true. As I say, trying to put, uh, before we come on to the Jack Morgan story, trying to put a positive spin on things, I suppose the player I'm most excited to see get a, get a run out or hopefully get a run out is Tommy Raffall mm-hmm. I would say. I, I think that's um you know off the back of some some really stellar form this year in you know in a side that's that's performed really well in uh, in England and, and had a good run in Europe. You know I, th- I think that's that's probably the, the most exciting one for me. Um do you think uh, do you think he'll get on the pitch?
0: <laughs> well, this is the issue, isn't it? it, it you know, mm-hmm. uh uncapped first squad like how how long does it take to um bed in to a national side and you know learn all the calls learn everything that goes on and, and the systems um it's difficult to imagine him starting any games unless his injuries are like, you know but i suppose you know he's got a he's got a he's good enough and um uh w- w- one of the positions where we could easily have picked um, four or five options, you know, oh, and, yeah. and and so there's always going to in that position. Therefore, there's always going to be disagreement over who should have gone. So, um, but, but he, you know, he he probably is the form uh, guy. But I just if if he is the form guy, I, I know it's form. In this calendar year, has influenced it. But if he's the form guy, he's also the form guy at the start of the season. As Leicester have been good all year, all season, and he's been in the forefront of it all season. So arguably, he should have been in sooner. If if he's the form guy now, then he, you know he could have been in one of the squads previously. But
1: well, particularly in the autumn, when Wayne said he doesn't quite suit the the way that we want to play, <laughs> but, um, and then and then proceeded to pick Jack Morgan for two. Um, yeah. For two uh, for two campaigns, and has then abandoned him and said, uh, "Get know, on the weights." Most baffingly, get on the weights, and you know, questioning his uh, his work at, at the breakdown, and oh, it's all a bit it's all a bit odd, isn't it? Yep. You know, I think, you know, I can understand if you if you just say that you know you're not, you know, that we need to pick big back rowers for this tour, um, but to pick Raffle and Basham ahead of him, who again are both, you know, are both dynamic yeah. players. I, I think you would have to pick Morgan over Basham in that scenario because he has been in the the more impressive form mm. um in the last few months. And but, yeah, I don't know, it's just it's a real a real head scratcher.
0: Well, but Basham kind of uh, got played out of the starting team during the Six Nations then he started as first choice and ended up yeah. ended up out of the 23 I think. Um and then has been okay for um um, the Dragons since the Six Nations but been, you know, not the best. You know, Harrison keddy has been the best back row forward at the Dragons for the mm-hmm. last few months and didn't get a look in and he's a sizable guy. Probably more more of a progressive selection than Dan Lidiot, I would say, but then you're throwing in lots of uncapped players if you go for Harrison as well. So, um, yeah, going back to um, some of the quotes there of things that um, Wayne has said about various selections and why like, various selections haven't been made and so on. Um, there's a lot of inconsistencies in there that you just pointed out there. And um, it reminded me of a politician. <laughs> just contradicted oh. himself all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, any, any
1: politician in particular or just generic? Yeah, uh, yeah. well. Alan, Alan Bastard <laughs> politician. Yeah.
0: Some in particular and just this era of politicians generally. Like, you know, yeah just say whatever sounds right on the day kind of stuff.
1: That's it. Yeah. It's, um, well, what's it called? Post, post truth politics, yeah. isn't it? Where <laughs> you just keep, you just keep saying it, stuff and then people eventually either, either believe you or forget it's, about it. And, first um, post truth coach, by the looks of
0: it. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's that's something to to kind of uh, get your get your teeth into. Um, so yeah, that, a, a really a really odd squad. Like I say, I think it's the, the size to me. It's Sam Parry was another one I thought was you know was was an interesting selection. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's big. To be fair, he's big. Sam Parry. I like him generally, but he's not again not played a lot of rugby this year. Um, no. I, I, compared to previous, we, we didn't seasons. think Le- uh,
0: we didn't think Leon Brown was fit either, did we?
1: I didn't think no. I wasn't expecting Leon to be fit, so...
0: um, Nor Josh Adams. Yeah. Um, Nor Josh Adams. And, you know, uh, he's got form for picking injured people, uh, like last autumn, so we'll see what happens there. He could end up having to change before they even get on the plane. Hmm. You know, if people don't make... You know, if uh, Josh Adams' hamstring doesn't uh, knit back together in time and what have you, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, uh, of
1: course, we will be back when the... uh, when the internationals are on uh, to bring you all the reaction to that one. So yeah, you might, I don't know, you might have to bring your Prozac with you after that one, I think given by, uh, given by uh, how how bad we're predicting it's going to be, but yeah, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully we'll be wrong.
0: Um, I'd love it if we're wrong. That'd be, that'd be amazing if we were wrong.
1: Oh, put put him on over South Africa um, in their their own backyard. Get get him within
0: five points. I'd be delighted. Yeah. 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 I would
1: say stranger things have happened, but it would feel pretty. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it would. yeah, would quite strange, yeah.
1: Uh, right, let's uh, let's cheer ourselves up by taking a look back at the regional rugby. Uh, we have got to start with with Cardiff, as you as you say, really. I think as the kind of, um, I mean, obviously the you know the Ospreys have had the best result with the weekend because they've ended up qualifying for Europe, which mm. is um, you know which is good. But I mean, this whole thing is just so it's so backdoor, isn't it? You know, yeah, this winning the Welsh Shield
0: caper. Um, Do you know, what it's, it's a bit like when you get the most improved player for your side. It's like yeah. you used to be shit, but now you're not. Here's an yeah. award. That's a little bit like the regions. <laughs> the Welsh Shield is to guff, and, and, and like you say, uh, the Ospreys have scraped into uh, the top. They have, and they They've scraped into the top tier of Europe. Yes, yeah. they have. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you qualify by virtue yeah, of that, and don't
1: the, you? Even yeah. That's the only importance of the that's, Welsh Shield.
0: On on the whole, the only thing to uh, celebrate in uh, Welsh regional rugby this season is one team has made the um, European Cup. Well,
1: you have to now. That's it. So there there has to there there has to be a no. I mean, they are the ones that did it though. So that's their reason for celebrating. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's it. Who knows? Maybe they'll maybe the double O will axe them, but between now and then, (laughs) and we won't have anyone in Europe. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's look at that that Cardiff result. I mean, was um, absolutely astonishing, and I, I I don't know. I mean, I know they picked it an experimental side. That's not an excuse. It just seemed it just seemed so naive. You know, it, it smacked actually of Wales versus Italy. It was that kind of we're going to mix things up, but also, you know, we're going to. It did feel like the everyone had taken that game for granted. I'm not even saying it's just they're going to win it. I just thought they were going to coast through end of term. Um you know, let's get out there and see what happens. And I think some senior players really um could have helped, you know, didn't put in particularly good performances which when you've got a squad full of other young players in there um was a recipe for disaster and that's exactly how it turned out. And the de- defending, you know, looked like looked like that.
0: Yeah, um I mean, it had the look of a side which was uh, full of players who were about to be released. And from yeah. what I can tell, they're not. You know, really? you, you know, when you, uh, a player's contract is up and he knows he's moving elsewhere and he doesn't give a shit and he knows he's just going to have a drink with his mates and then clear off to another club in about five weeks' time. Uh, there's not that many who are being released because they've all got long t- contracts, which is one of Da Young's complaints. Um it was so bad. It's hard. It's hard to imagine that backroom staff won't be let go. Mm. Very hard to imagine, you know, um, uh, across, you know, across, I, I don't know how deep they'll go with it, you know, because uh, they don't even look like they can, from an S&C point of view, they don't even look like they can stay in the fight fitness wise, yeah. you know, to, to, to sustain 18 minutes of defending and 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 obviously, ideally, if you can get all of the ball attacking, um and just the the gaps they leave you know they're not joined up in defense the gaps they leave just gaping especially if anyone passes back inside and it's been like this for weeks if anyone passes back inside against the cardiff they'll they yeah, they're, they're they're get they get yardage out of it whatever happens and even when uh, and then sometimes which is really infuriating i think even when there's plenty of defensive cover they can still carry they can still carry through contact for a few yards and there's not just not enough stopped there's not enough opposition stopped dead you know one or, there's one or two you know obviously Navidi can do whatever but generally speaking they're just not aggressive enough um, defensively and so you know that's when the players that there are players there who are plenty good enough to do that thing sort of thing because they They, you know, they do it and have done it for Wales. So, you know, a lot of them are internationals on that side. Um, So you start to wonder how shaky, I mean, I suppose you do it across all unsuccessful sides, but you start to wonder how shaky the dressing room is and the relationships with everyone else, you know, in the organisation and what have you. Um, Obviously, there's already rumours about the Welsh dressing room after the Italy game. So um, you do start to wonder and... uh, Times like that, there's you know, for a regional side or any any club side at any level, there's not a lot of option but to change things. Um, Mm. so, um, yeah, that was, that was like I said earlier, that's pretty one of the lowest, one of the lowest of the lows.
1: Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that. It just, uh, you know, it it was there was particularly the capitulation at the end. Um, they, they were poor all game, um, you know not really got themselves back into it but you know grabbed a couple of tries and you know there starts to be an air of respectability um to it. But the way they just completely capitulated at the end and then, you mm-hmm. know, I was thinking, God, this is try number seven. This is eight. I was like, God, they're gonna score ten here and they scored ten tries, yeah. you know, I mean that's um you know that is that's like Welsh Rugby in the nineties stuff. Yeah. And um and it's hard to think of much much worse than Welsh Rugby in the nineties. So um <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's really, really worrying, and and like, as I say, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really, it didn't really. As a team unit, it was awful, but it didn't really feel like it was the the absolute rookies letting them down. For
0: me. no, um, they were getting you know, they were getting a lot of yardage out of um, long kicks because the the yeah. boys uh, Cabango win it, and uh, what's on the other wing? Oh, uh, Owen oh, Lane. Uh, they just they just know. weren't communicating, and they were just finding grass deep downfield all the time. And getting tons of yardage out of it, like, you know, lots of yardage and, and territory out of that. Um, that didn't help. But, you know, the, the, people have been saying for a while they've got to start trying with these youngsters because what's well, so wonderful about the first choice? Um, mm. That that was a, a weakness on the night. Um, and then the midfield was, like, I think Max Maxwellin has stepped up recently and looked...
1: Oh, I, I thought he th- and he made he made yard actually yeah. one of the few things yeah. was after about thirty five minutes of an awful first half, Cardiff seemed to discover that actually if they got their big ball carriers in Fluellen and um and Carey on the yeah. ball, they would they would make some yards and they, they caused some damage. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He, he has Maxwellin has
0: uh not just um Friday but in the previous games he's made yardage and Made big holes in defenses and defensively as well. He's been good. But I think that the issue on um, Friday was suddenly he was the experienced player in midfield. Yeah, and, uh, and exactly. A player
1: playing essentially his first year of season. C- yeah. C- a, C- a, C- alongside
0: we uh, a, a, you know, a complete um, debutante. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, I think that might have influenced this slightly and probably from Maxwellian's point of view, he probably needed another. Quite a n- number of more games with an experienced guy alongside him. Obviously, injury has meant that that's not the case. I mean, Halahola mm. would have been there otherwise. But um, yeah, so ideally, if you know, if, if I suppose if they had their time again, they would go. If Mason Grady is playing, we've got to have an old guy at 12, you know. Um, and they just whether they did that deliberately or they had no choice, I don't know. But um, that, that was part of the problem, I think.
1: What then about. Um... Yeah, I mean, because look looking ahead to next season, like you say, there's there's not a huge amount of change to that squad. Like we've said before, you know, Falatao comes in, Liam Williams comes in. Now, obviously, they're class players, but you're not going to have much access to them. So, I mean, what, to, what do you do now? If you were, you know, if you were Cardiff Rugby CEO, what would you do to, to, to improve your chances next season? There's not going to be that many players available, even if you wanted to recruit. So, you know, what... what
0: uh, any any club that is that bad or any side that is performing that badly you just go back to basics because even, even if you made mega sign-ins no, you know if the if the whole side is playing like that it doesn't matter who, you, who you're bringing in um, in the summer it didn't make no difference um, obviously good players will have an influence on everyone and that'll help but you've just got to go back to basics they've got to get their defence right you know simple as that you know they've got to be uh, at home they've got to be conceding no more than 20 points you know that's the way m- most sides aim these days or even less if you're one of the top teams um and they concede in points left right and center especially you know not so bad they're not so bad against uh, other regions, but as soon as you go up against anyone you know away or or anyone strong at home you just concede in too much so you can just start there um set piece is difficult because that needs recruitment i think and um but uh, whenever you whenever you're in in the hall this thing is when things like wales at the moment everything every, the set piece is not that bad for wales actually but everything looks shambolic and rubbish and you don't know where to start it's, it's always start with the basics and work from there so that's that's all they can do but um it just it's just an issue of who survives the summer i would say at cardiff that'll be the news i think
1: yeah interesting and the thing i find you know so frustrating about it is if you look back at one of the high points for us this season do you remember I really enjoyed doing that pod I think it was you me and Yestin. after um, it was either the Cardiff-Harlequins game or the Cardiff-Toulouse one um, the, the first one that they played with the, you know, with the the dirty dozen players you know the yeah. the the, uh, the lawyers and school teachers and all yeah. that and um, I said at that point I was like they've showed some real spirit here but it counts for Jack unless they're able to back it up um, and the same after the Leinster game, you know, it's there's there's a real worry, and that that game yesterday uh, on Friday night was a lack of spirit. You know, there was a real lack of spirit there. One eye, you know, one eye on the on the beach, and that's the stuff that's really really worrying. Is if that's how your players, are, you know, your your senior players, are going to come out and play? Then you've got a you've got an almighty problem to get them refocused and, and come back the next year. And, and I hope that Di Young's able to do that.
0: Yeah, it's strange how um, you, you mentioned that um, pod we did with the after the Toulouse game. That is pretty much, aside from the Leinster win, I guess, even then, uh, the Toulouse game with a bunch of semi-pros on the pitch feels like the high point of their season. Um, mm. Probably definitely was for the fans, I would imagine. Just, it was just great fun, wasn't it? It's just a great great yeah. thing to witness. Um, so, yeah, you're right. They've got a big summer coming.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, let's have a quick break and when we come back after that we're going to look back at the other three defeats for the Welsh <laughs> Regions so uh, that's uh, something to cheer you up on a Monday morning and uh, we are also going to uh, yeah round up round up the season um, but in the interim time me and Murph are going to get a quick drink and we'll be back. Murph, into the final second half of the season. Let's hope we don't finish it like Cardiff or... Uh, or uh, any of the world's regions, for that matter. Although it has to be said, um, the Ospreys did show some some real spirit at the end of that game, and uh, it was enough to get them qualification into Europe in the end, kind of clinching those bonus points. Um, there were definitely points in that game where I thought um, I thought they were going to they were going to slip out of touch, and the Bulls would um, would kind of run away with it. But there is a degree of metal and niggle and grit, I think about that Swansea, Swansea about that um, Ospreys team when they've got all their first choice players around that, that I think is something that uh, you know something that they can they can build on going into going into next year I'm not saying they're going to go on a, you know, a European Cup run or, or win the league or anything, but there's definitely a degree of steel to them that if they can put in that you know if they can show that every week, then I think there's, there's something to build on at the Ospreys.
0: yeah they, they, well they, they look in the obviously league position. As well, but they look in the best shape of any of the regions. And a few weeks ago on here, I called that uh, uh, Scarlet are probably our strongest region, and then uh, they've done nothing but get tonked by the Ospreys since twice, I think. Since I said it, they, well, they had one heavy beating anyway off uh, the Ospreys, and uh, they lost the Ospreys and the Dragons, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, Scarlets has got the excuse of a big injury list, but it, it, it struck me that all of a sudden the Ospreys who've been kind of limping along in a way all season with, you know, lots of, uh, uh, British lions missing from their starting team. Suddenly there's only one player missing and that's Tipperick. Oh, you know, Mm. it seems like out of nowhere, everyone's back and only Tipperick is missing. And that is showing up in their results. Um, it started really well. I thought on, uh, was that Friday or yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, yes, yesterday. And, um, yeah, it kind of. Obviously, the Bulls, uh, Bulls, the strongest of this sides down there. It's between them and the Stormers, um, mm. and um, yeah, you're right. In, in the end, to, to get to get uh, a losing bonus point and the and the um, tries has been an issue for them all season. They put a graphic graphic up um, before the game showing that they've won as many games as people. Quite further up the league than them. They just haven't got the bonus points to match. And so I guess that's part of the issue when you've got all your quality on the field. Suddenly the tries come back and um, it all looks much easier. So, it's, I, mean, same, I mean, same for any of the um, regionals. Sides, their first team is okay. But as soon as they have to make changes, uh, they, they, mm. they just haven't got the depth. So, fingers crossed, because we, we, we really need someone in regional rugby to have a good season. That's what you really need,
1: yeah, well exactly, I mean otherwise it will just be it will just be you and me, moaning. I know we say that this <laughs> podcast is just you and me moaning all the time, but it, uh, there, there will be nothing left to do you know um'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll just' be, we'll become a cliche of our of a, of our actual uh, persona or you
0: just become a championship podcast, no problem It'd <laughs> be difficult for you to catch any games i'll be honest but i I'll, I'll, I'll be well in
1: yeah no, that's true actually well, we'll um yeah we'll We'll mull that one over, Murph. Actually, maybe maybe that'll be maybe that be the Patreon special for those Murph super fans who can't get enough of
0: you. It'd be literally like um, hardcore supporters from Mr. Ronda listening in to slag me off over something I've said about a result on the weekend, which That's which they would you would be prone to do it anyway, even if I wasn't talking about. Them.
1: You'll become the Piers Morgan of um, of
0: Championship of Welsh Championship. Yeah, won't not me. up for that not for that <laughs> everyone <laughs> might be in unpopular but I don't want to be the Piers Morgan of anything
1: um just having a look at um at the Ospreys kind of recruits for next season again they've, they've not done a huge amount um obviously kind of Harry Deves has got a full-time contract now I think he's another really bright prospect mm. um I like him a lot actually. join the queue join the queue um, Harry yeah um, <laughs> uh, well they yeah exactly um <laughs> Um, and then Jack Walsh has come in from Exeter as well, who I don't know a great deal about. Um, they got a
0: massive squad, haven't they? You know, uh, uh, Lonsdale, another one, and just. Lonsdale's, Lonsdale's Dragons. I know, but he was Exeter when they sign for Exeter. Oh, sorry, Exeter. You, uh, yeah, you sorry, know, they're all boys I've never seen. I, I, as you know, I watch a lot of uh, Gallagher Premiership. They're all boys I've never seen on the pitch for Exeter. Mm. You know, they've got such uh, deep resources over there. that That's why I suppose they can let these guys go
1: yeah and then I suppose there's been a couple of other players who've come into the Ospreys um, mid-season so Scott Baldwin coming back Sam Moore's come from Cardiff who I don't think has played a game yet um, but uh, yeah I mean the big if but if they can get him fit he'd be uh, um, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a big asset but that has been the problem they they never got him fit at Cardiff no. and um, and he never really played many games
0: but he did have a fair few run out of the RFC Um yeah, he did. But oh, played a lot for them at the start yeah. of the season this year. His RFC form wouldn't get him into the Osprey's side. So mm. we'll see.
1: Yeah, well I say it's kind of taking a bit of a gamble on yeah. that really. Um but yeah, again, like like you say, it's it's all about keeping those keeping those uh that first team fit really. Um and it's a big um it's a big ask. I, what, one thing I did think, I thought Michael Collins looked a lot more comfortable at fullback than he did at centre. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's not the you know he's not got the biggest amount of gas, but he's generally got you know got a good kicking game and plays what's in front of him quite well and his positioning's good and you know obviously I remember him playing there for the Scarlets beforehand anyway, but I don't know whether that's going to be a longer term a longer term thing or that's just a temporary measure.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um, they're lucky that uh, they they can uh, move him around now because George is back basically and yeah. um, frees things up and. Um, George got. I thought George got caught out of position a few times defensively, or mm. exposed, to maybe uh, rather than out, out of position. And people got around the outside of him, or half around the outside of him a few times. But that obviously is going to be rustiness, having been out for a full year. Um, the only trouble is, <laughs> he's um, shown to be rusty. But uh, his next game is likely to be South Africa away. So um, well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens there. <laughs>
1: Which which I'm almost certain he will start in. So, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, there we go. That's a again another another cheery one to look forward <laughs> to there, Um While we're um, yeah, while we're kind of rattling rattling through this, um, the Dragons managed to complete the most miserable season at home ever. So getting through an entire season without winning a game at Rodney Parade. Um, Didn't see this game. Yeah, I mean, I. I in a way, you did, because it was the same as every other bloody Dragons game this season. Started started quite, quite... It's brightly. copy and paste um, from a
0: previous match. <laughs> copy and paste, yeah.
1: Started quite brightly. Um, uh, set piece didn't function. Um, managed to, you know, managed to not be able to throw very, very simple passes to one another. Um, and then, yeah, the, the kind of the wheels came off. So, yeah, I, I, I think, to be honest, you, you probably have seen this game. But to go back, you know, to go to your point about it, It being embarrassing, one of the sides losing by ten tries to an Italian team. Any side playing at Rodney Parade to get through a whole season um, and not win a game is just so so depressing. Because even when the Dragons are rubbish, you know, even under under you know um, some really ropey sides that that they've had over the years, they they've, they've won the odd game at home. You know, it's it's hard not to. (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, it's. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There comes a it point is hard where not it's to just win like. Home, not, you know. Yeah, it's you know it, it's it's harder to go a whole season without winning at home than it is than it is not yeah. to it's yeah. um, yeah, astonishing really. And you know we've said before that things have got to change. There's a lot of talk um doing the rounds, the rugby paper today that there is going to be another coaching appointment. So potentially Dean Ryan moving upstairs to either some kind of. Uh, some kind of I don't know whether it would be you know a director of rugby with a head coach yeah. or some kind of mentor type it. role
0: you know head of recruitment type get thing. him as far away from the players as possible by the sounds of it
1: well yeah and you know look obviously the results it doesn't it doesn't warrant a, a great deal of faith but at the same time like we've said before all of those players that they've brought in are Dean Ryan players aren't they they're all grafters mm-hmm. and um, so I don't I, I don't know I, you know I, I could see if it was a, you know, if it's a kind of head coach type thing, um, then maybe that would work, but, um, it's worked at,
0: um, at the Ospreys, I think in the past, and they have like John O'Gibbs, there. not not for long enough. He ended up in France, Mm. but, um, he was kind of working underneath, uh, someone else whose name forgets, uh, his name slips me, but, um, that kind of scenario can work at other clubs. Um, but you know, we, we've heard two two players who've left the club complain about indirectly complain about the mm. uh, coaching staff. So it, it wouldn't be any surprise to anyone if they try and bring someone in. If I'm, on,
1: if I'm honest, I would ignore the Tavis Noel comments because the guy really has drifted from region to region and never made much of a much of an impression at any of them. Yeah. Um, you know, talented player, yeah. but really, you know, I think that was a. I don't know. It, it, you can see how Dean Ryan and Tavis Noyle are like chalk and cheese. <laughs> you know, like you, you can you can see how that how that wouldn't work. Um, who's the other one?
0: Jamie Roberts.
1: Oh, Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again is a, is a different. You know, he's had he's had a, he's had a few clubs in his time as
0: well. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so yeah, it's a, a tricky one. It's a tricky one to kind of decipher. Mm-hmm. But, but like we said before, the, the thing is is now he's got a squad full of his type of players. And if you can't get a tune out of them really bloody quickly, then he has to move on. So I I just don't know whether trying to change things now is a positive step or actually is going to be a retrograde one because whoever comes in goes, well, I don't want these kind of players. Um, You know, I don't You just need someone, whoever can get some home wins out of that squad of players who are going to be there next season is who I want to see in charge of them. Not asking for much, really, a couple of wins at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When you play when you play two Italian teams, one fairly average South African team, you know uh, Cardiff, you know there should be some wins at home there.
0: Yeah, and you know um, from from what you said tonight, just a skills coach, you know a, a top quality skills coach, not not a guy who's going to put a great attack in shape together or, or, or revolutionise the way they play, just literally executing handling skills at a, at a. Yeah at a higher much higher level than they do now would would put them in a position where they might win two games next year at home
1: yeah yeah exactly and we'll all be we'll all be rejoicing <laughs> um, so yeah I don't know yeah it's um, again really really disappointing way to end the season but um, you know finish finishes the way it started really and mm-hmm. um, and then the scarlets. this is the one game I haven't seen actually Um but a win for a win for the Stormers. Um, scoreline made it look pretty close. Was that what was that kind of um, was that ha- the, the reality of it?
0: Yeah, or twenty-one all uh, with a few minutes to go, and then um, surprise, surprise, Stormers scored. After two sides, they look more likely to score again than. Uh, the Scarlets did. I, I was—I have to confess—I was flicking back and forth between this game and whatever was on BT Sport at the time, so I wasn't uh, watching it religiously, but I was—you know—I was following. Uh, and uh, again, uh, not in the wider context, but if you're a Scarlets fan, a sickening because you've—you've—you've you've, you've had almost the game to win there and didn't manage it. And guess who? Guess who? Benefits from you not winning that game is your bit of rival, so a bit of a sickness for them. But, um, I you know, less <laughs> because I've been a bit of a miserable get tonight, one of the positives was I thought we saw Liam Williams uh, back to somewhere near to his best, which I, I
1: that would that would cheer Scarlett. He's up. about to leave, I know, but
0: you know, he, he you know, he ended up being dropped on the Welsh side this year, uh, because he just was well anonymous is the word i would might use uh, he was doing his yeah. he was neat and tidy in the air but he wasn't contributing anything in attack and he wasn't doing you know he's got a he's got a turnover in him as well he wasn't doing that for the welsh side and um he just looked um enthusiastic you know and 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 uh keen on the, on the game yesterday i thought so it was like the old Liam williams uh, again that won't uh, please anyone down there but um just speaking from a, a Welsh supporters' point of view, it was great to see him looking happy on the pitch. Uh, yeah, they, they did. You know, they didn't play. Ter- they didn't play terribly, um, um, Scarlett. It was just a South African side, you know, they're just so strong from one to fifteen in the contact area. You know, and that you just can't switch off against them. And that's something we're prone to doing at regional level. Is not playing for eighty minutes and. Um, it, you know, it might, in the fullness of time. I don't. I don't know how far Stormers will go in the playoffs or whatever they're going to do next. Uh, the rest of the season or next season, it, it might look, in future, that might look like a good, a, a, a good result, because um, mm. I think the South African sides are only going to improve from here. Myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as they get as they get used to playing. Yeah, yeah.
1: And- um, yeah. you know, in Welsh conditions. Not that actually it was, you know, it was, it was a glorious weekend to play rugby. Wasn't yeah, it it, it would have suited them better than coming over to... In midwinter, you know, to, yeah. In midwinter, mm. yeah.
0: But um, it's it's not so much the conditions for them. Because, I mean, so many of them have played in Europe before. Um, and, you know, so many of them do now. But it, it's more the... Um, what they seem to struggle with early season was referees interpretations. And it looks like they've got to grip to that now. And I think they'll only get better next year, especially the, the, uh, top two, which is, um, Stormers and Bulls. Yeah,
1: no, I, I think you're right. And, um, I mean, certainly, you know, I've, I've been critical in the past of the fact that this league just doesn't make any sense mm. and having those teams in there. Um, you can't you can't argue with the quality of them. No. I mean, they you know they it's not like when they brought in the cheaters and the
0: kids. yeah exactly. Well, um, I, you know if if a side can play with Marvin Ory uh, and even uh, Brock Harris, who must be nearly yeah. my age by now, uh, you know, and still be effective, they, they got I know I know you know they got people like Kitchoff and you know all sorts of really world class players alongside them. But uh, if they can do that, then they have obviously got something going on, you know. In terms of uh, like some of the M- Madosh Tamway. you know, he's never magnificent. You know, he's never been it? capped, yeah. like an unreal player. Um, if you want another positive, uh, Ryan Combier, um Yeah, we we had him in our squad, and he hasn't made the squad because he's barely picked any back three players. But I I hope if he had picked even one more. Uh, a back three player that Ryan Convier would have been it, because he just looks so lively and quick at the moment that you um, might you know if he stays in this form he, he'll break in eventually in the in the autumn.
1: And it's good to see it against you know against the quality side. That's that's the thing I think that's encouraging about um, or perhaps uh, you know will be useful about playing these uh, these South African sides is um, it's another really stiff test. Because there are too many, like you said, there's too many dead rubbers throughout the the course of the season. If you've got, um, you know, at the start of the season, a fully loaded Scarlets against a fully loaded Bulls or a fully loaded Ospreys against a fully loaded um, uh, Stormers, Stormers or whoever, um, you know, I think that gives you a good indicator of where a player's up to. So Ryan Combe having a good game against a strong Stormers side is encouraging. Because the problem is, Cheltenham form that isn't. it's ch- well, it's you know, it's certainly it's certainly an eye-opening, an eye-opening handicap win at Warwick. You know? could, could, could it be? Could it be well, well, well? well yeah, not not a, festival um, form, for Cheltenham,
0: Cheltenham sort of uh, in November form, should we say? Yeah, yeah this, this is Chelmsford form. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, look, I think it, stuff like that it, it does you know because we just simply we the world sides are not competitive enough in Europe because even you know going back 10 years you could use that as as the form you know and you could gauge how how those t- those players were going against you know against Toulon or wasps or whoever the big teams at that point in time were we're just not in we're not even in the games for long enough to um to use that as any kind of barometer now whereas um i think that in the league that gives you another opportunity to to see how they play against quality opposition and um, So yeah, so you know, I think that that perhaps is a you know, it is a, it is a positive thing. And let's be honest, playing against these kind of players, even if you're getting drubbed, you're going to learn something. Yeah,
0: eventually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, from that game, going back to specifically that game, um, not a positive, I'm afraid. Uh, Gareth Davis was um, shaky at nine. He's um, mm. got caught out defensively a few times, and he's skied a couple of box kicks. Um, and Keenan Hardy came on and was much better uh, later on in the game, but um, it doesn't bode well if he's going to he be like on the bench in South Africa.
1: <laughs> mean, meanwhile, Reese Webb had another fine game. Yeah, know, Just constantly looked to threat and tied it, men. Influential
0: in, in every single game he played. <laughs> mm. um, going back to something we talked about fortnight ago with, was it Fortnite ago or last week? Last week. Yeah, last week. Last I week didn't realise I was on yeah. uh, last week. Yeah, last week with Steph. I was wanging on about the um, the salary cap in mm-hmm. England being supposedly five million, but they get uh, they get a marquee player exemption, so that's about half a million or whatever. And then they mm-hmm. got a Steph was saying they get a six hundred thousand pound academy player exemption, so they're effectively over six million, which you know is twenty percent more than we're supposedly on, a, on 5 million. What I didn't remember at the time was if you've got an international player, one of the ones who was, you know, the old fashioned dual contract, you only paid 20% of their wages. So if if you, if you were contributing, right. if you were contributing, uh, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 internationals, which some of the regions obviously are because, you know, like uh, the Ospreys or the, the Cardiff, uh, I haven't got that many at the moment, but at times there'll be 10 plus from a particular region. Um, and even if they, you know, if, if they're signed up to the WIU contract, it doesn't matter whether they make the squad or not. You just only pay 20% of their wages. So if you've got 10 players in your squad who are on these WIU dual contracts, the the, the WIU is paying 80% of their wages. You're only paying 20%. So all your all your best inverted commas players are cheap as fuck. So mm-hmm. where's where is all the money going? Like where why? That that you know what I'm trying to get is that kind of in my pathetically mathematical brain, that kind of levels out with the English exemptions for marquee players and then the other nonsense I talked about. So it goes back to my point: is the regions look like they're paying more for less? They're paying more wages for less quality player because if if you go if you. Go specifically round each squad in the Premiership. They got stockpiles of beef all through their fucking squad. Yeah. They got big ass uh, props, and they got de- proper depth of big second rows in their squad. And supposedly on five million, most of the regions, Ospreys aside, maybe uh, you know, maybe are threadbare all the time in the second row. As Soon as an injury that, that you know that that, that sc- scraping that ass of. Put someone on the pitch, um, so we, th- that means uh, they must be paying more for what they've got. That some something is there's an imbalance. Like I, I can't see how all, all these players. Like these are properly good forwards in the Gallagher Premiership. They can't all be going for a song just because England's a bigger country and therefore there's more. There's you know there's more availability. Therefore, it drives down price. If you know what I mean. Like
1: players who. No, but you're right, but there's there is only a certain amount of quality players out yeah, but there. If you're um, and if you're and if you're gonna if player A is getting paid two hundred grand a year to play for sale, yeah. um and player B, who's half the player, is knocking around and needs a contract and the regions that the regions are picking them up but his market rate is you know is 180 mm. or whatever you've still effectively spent the, the same amount of money yeah on. but we don't we don't um, get don't the cast
0: off from the gallagher premiership we we got mm. we got guys who've had to come here to keep in contention for the welsh squad and we've got homegrown so mm. what i'm getting at is quite a lot of the uh squads in the gallagher premiership are bolstered with foreigners not not english players you know Sale in particular, Leicester in particular, they're just bulging, full of South Africans, and and then Northampton. You know, the Dave Ribbons I think is naturalised now, but he's South African, and then uh, uh, I got to get his name wrong. So, um, Ratuni Rawa is that, is that the one I'm thinking of? Second row for Northampton. Mm-hmm. Y- y- players like that have got no reason to be in the um, Gallagher Premiership other than they're getting paid. Well, if if they if they're paying them and staying within the five million, the, someone like that would be gold dust in, 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 in a in a regional yeah. side. So how much can they be getting paid? I know you're saying it might only be twenty thousand pound less if it's a, if it's not quite as good a player, but they, we don't actually get any of them. So, yeah, so the stockpiling of uh, and I, I've said this about Salasens loads of times. The stockpiling of beef uh, and their resources, uh, you know, and and they got a lot of. Backs as well, and, and and don't get me wrong, the backs is where they use their academy players a lot of the time. It just doesn't stack up money wise. They, 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 they either are cheating, which you know they have done. Leicester have been called cheating or so obviously of Saracens, or a combination of the two, maybe. But or uh, uh, the regions are overpaying most players.
1: Well, I mean that that seems to be the that seems to be the rumbling
0: coming because out. Because say uh, someone someone on. Uh, uh, the, the trouble is, if you say if you're a tight end in this country and you get an international cap, your wage band goes up. Your, your, what you're mm. entitled to demand as a wage goes up from quite low to quite high. And you know, the, most tight ends <laughs> in regional rugby have been looked at at some stage, so suddenly they go on the higher wages and that, that will affect them. But they, those, the point is, in an open market, those players wouldn't command any wages over the fucking border. None. That's a really it, good Atom point can't hold the scrum up at international or, or high end uh, uh, european level
1: that's true and also getting getting that international cap doesn't mean um, you know like i don't know t- tane basham winning 10 international caps but being the you know being the real deal mm. and a real good quality player and moving up it could be winning 20 minutes against against argentina last summer when all the internationals away you're still then an international class player yeah right?
0: yeah that's a, I mean that's why your agent yeah. will when he goes into negotiation he'll say uh he's a established international yeah yeah real off a load of stats um that'll be 5 million pounds please but,
1: but those but those those bands change things anyway don't they that 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 banding system does it just it just moves things up it's a, a great point i hadn't thought of it it too, like well there.
0: whatever whatever the banding system is, it's too bloody generous because if you know big if and bear in mind all the, the, the Bashams we've just mentioned, and and maybe the um, recognised tight end who's got so many caps, and therefore the van rate. If he's with the WI, you're only paying twenty percent of his wages anyway. So then, yeah. where is the where's the rest of the money gone? Are they overpaying the youngsters? Are they overpaying the the kind of uh, semi-retired boys who've been you know well into their thirties? I I don't, I don't know. I don't know where. The discrepancy is in the size and the quality of the squads in regions compared to over the border.
1: Yeah, without seeing the no, um, I know. Without seeing, without seeing those those lists, you you know, you can only assume. But yeah, I. I think I think we'd be shocked. You feel like we're overpaying players. I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're probably right. Um, But yeah, it's all a bit. uh, Yeah, all a bit alarming. Um, Murph, as we come to a conclusion, is there anything you've enjoyed this season?
0: Uh, France, uh, Leinster, um. <laughs> uh, some of the individual tries that um Samit has scored for his club, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and not for his country. Uh, that'd be interesting to see where he ends up. When uh, I know as soon as they get looked at by Wales... It's a little. It's a little yeah. while away
1: yet, isn't it? I think he signed
0: a three-year contract last yeah, February they, or something. So it's they a while. Extend away. as soon as Wales come looking, but um, it'd be interesting to see where he goes eventually. Uh, other players, going off topic, but like uh, Callum Sheedy can't be that long left at Bristol. Uh, that'll be interesting. No. Um,
1: Especially as he's now lost his place, yeah. I would not be surprised to see him end up staying in England. Yeah. There's something about it that irks me. There's something about it, the well, fact that he pulled on a an England jersey before a Wales one that just I don't trust. Yeah, but then um, you know, Moriarty <laughs> you know I mean? did
0: it.
1: Uh, yeah, Moriarty did it at under 20s what What's it? Um but Sheedy she got an international call up. And I don't know whether he actually played it yet. He played he was he called up for the England full side. Did he play in the I think he played in the Barber- Oh, it was anything. an uncapped fixture. It was right, an uncapped right, one. Yeah. So he um Yeah. I just think, how? Yeah, how could you? Uh, yeah, how could you bring yourself? Did he sing that? the
0: anthem though? I, don't know, I that. I've got a feeling I might have been. That's, a, bit of that's the game. a deal breaker for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I going to look into this. I don't know. I just, I just find it strange because the whole thing was he kind of, you know, he, he wasn't quick to declare himself for either England, Ireland, or no, Wales, no. despite the fact yeah, that he was you know, born, born and bred in yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's a business. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, it's a
0: professional oh, look, and you shouldn't know those I, things. I could easy to, but... end it. I could easy see him ending in a Cardiff. Easy. Because yeah. Prisland is, uh, you know, ancient. And Jared in and out, in and out. So there's going to be, a, you know, how, how long, I don't know, how many seasons. Um...
1: I suppose, yeah, now he's now he's played for Wales. That's it, isn't it? You know, he's not going to, even with the new eligibility laws, he's not going to sit on his ass for three years and then go and try and play for England, no. is um, uh, you know, he knows that his best chance of playing international rugby now is with Wales, so he'll have to come back to Wales to do it. So you're right, you'll probably end up at Cardiff. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, he would be popular. You know, he's, he's bought probably a mile and a half away from the Arms Park. So, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, the, the original question <laughs> France, Leinster, only on style of play, you know, um, they're just doing things that most sides can't put together. They're just constantly on the money in attack. Um, constantly wrong for it in the opposition because there's so many options all the time and they choose the right option all the time. And uh, the, it, we were, I think you asked me to come up with try of a season or something earlier. Uh, I mean, I haven't done any homework, but the one that still sticks in my mind was the try. that wasn't a try when... Um, uh, and Tamak broke from his own in-goal area yeah. and um, some amazing... Handling and support play, and then Adi Savia killed it in his own twenty-two, and uh, should have been shot on sight. But you know, I guess that's the you know the try that never was, and and I guess that's just you know if you're a New Zealand fan or, or more importantly a New Zealand coach, you'd pat him on the back because you saved your side being under their posts, and uh, that's the way that's the way professional professionalism is, I suppose, but.
1: I think it adds to the mystique as well, though Murph, doesn't it? The fact that it wasn't yeah, tried. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the the, that, the kind of the run from his own line and the no look pass and yeah. all that. It,
0: um, yeah, there's been you know there's been loads you, of tries this year, but unfortunately most of them weren't by any of us, uh, uh, regional sides or <laughs> or national side.
1: No, that's true. Um, but anyway, a few a few thank yous to uh, to end the season with. Uh, firstly, a thank you to um, to IPro Hydrate who supplied us with some tickets for uh, for the Scarlets versus Stormers game, and congratulations to Michael Jones who uh, who won those. I hope you enjoyed the game, Michael. And um, and yeah, thank you to IPro for supplying those. Um, they sponsor um, a couple of the a couple of the regions, including uh, including the Scarlets. So a big thank you to them, and of course our regular sponsors at So Coffee Trades. and get some top quality. Coffee by going to say coffee, Uh A thank you to everyone who's contributed this season. So, uh, of course, uh, Steph, who's been on uh, in, in recent weeks, uh, occasionally Dan Killick, who's popped up uh, this season, formerly co-host, but um, uh, the, the lesser spotted co-host these days. Uh, Yestin uh, as well. Um, but of course, the the, the biggest thanks to uh, to the mighty Murph right. for having the broad the broadest <laughs> shoulders in. Uh, in amateur rugby podcast, you don't catch me in it. And taking this, you don't on catch me week. in a
0: spice museum on a Sunday afternoon. This is where our co-hosts must be doing. This is it. This is where this is where Murph is. That's it. He's not in long stance and yeah. spice museum because I've got no social life essentially. But also because you know I. You've been banned. From <laughs> <body>. <laughs> yeah, that one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah no mate it's been it's been great chatting uh, and and chatting Likewise, with you buddy. for, uh, for an, another another season um and of course thank you to everyone for listening this year um what we're gonna do by the way uh, is we're gonna reissue some old uh some old episodes so some of the um uh, some of the classic ones where we've had some some guests on. So we'll put out some of the old Dream 15s and some of the interviews we've had with ex-pros. So make sure you still check on a Monday morning. We'll, um, we'll put out some stuff to, to keep things tidying over if you can't, uh, can't get enough of the attacking scrum. And uh, yeah, as I say, we will be back uh, when the Wales Internationals are back. Uh, so we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.